This is episode 292 for March 2014. Okay, time for reviews. We've got two issues of Superior Spider-Man that we're going to review in this episode. Uh, Superior number 27 and number 28. Mike, you've got 27. JR, you got number 28. So, Mike, start us off. Uh, well, 27 uh, starts uh, 31 Days Later, which is one of the lesser-known sequels to uh, 28 Days Later. <laughs> uh, they don't really like to talk about. Nice. But no, basically, uh, Octo Spidey, has, has, he's having a little trouble with his technology, because apparently there is something corrupting it that he can't see anything to do with goblins until he finally sees some tagging on the Brooklyn Bridge, which was actually a pretty cool way to open it. We go back into uh, Octo Spidey's mind, where Peter Parker is trying to... Uh, uh, reassert itself, and apparently he's got 31 memories, and uh, MJ ain't one. So <laughs> that's that, nice. that's not true. He, there's obviously him kissing a very 65, 70s 65 uh, MJ. I was so about to as, call you a damn liar. Yeah. As, uh, <laughs> as as he starts to try to reassert control, Peter unfortunately runs into the problem that he starts thinking of himself as Otto Octavius because he's going through his memories. Meanwhile, Peter is uh, being besieged from several different vantage points about the fact that he's letting his company kind of go to seed, including his new girlfriend, who is apparently complaining that he hasn't come to bed recently, which, you know, I, I can see where she would have a problem with that. Uh, Spider-Man visits Owatu, and I'm just like, really? Owatu Jackson? But, you know, whatevs. This, this is this is what I get for not reading the entire series before starting to review it. When finally, Spider-Man is face-to-face with the Green Goblin. And they have a really cool, intense kind of scene where they're going back and forth. And Goblin tries to kill Spider-Man, but ha, 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 he was a hologram all along. All you had to do was click your heels together. <laughs> Me- meanwhile, the real Octo Spidey is on Spider-Island saying, ha, I got you, I had this planned all along, and the Green Goblin's like, ha, I got you, bitches, make it rain. And <laughs> the uh, the issue ends with uh, the Goblin Force attacking Spider Island. And him saying, I know who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was awesome. No, every, I, I enjoyed the hell out of this issue. Me I too. really did. Just loved it. Any cons? Not really. Actually, I don't yeah. really have any cons. I'd give this a solid uh, A, uh, right. in, in all honesty. It, 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 everything, <coughs> excuse me, you know, from what I've been reading, everything seems to have led to this point. Yeah. So the fact that this is the payoff, I think Slot seems to really be giving people the payoff to the storyline that, you know, for once in the modern era, we're getting what we were promised. So I just I loved the, the the confrontation between Otto and the Green Goblin. I liked all the stuff going on in the Mindscape. I liked seeing uh, Anna Maria again. I, I really like her as a character, and I just the artwork was just fantastic from start to finish. That scene where he's in the Mindscape of the Thirty One Memories it it looks like some of it is original art, some of it. Look like that scene where he's kissing Mary Jane. That looks straight up uh, cut and pasted from the issue. I don't know if it's true or not. I mean, did you guys think that? 
I thought it looked similar. I don't know that it was just, you know, that it was a copy. I, I mean, it's like a, uh, it's almost exact replica. <laughs> also, the Spider-Man on the bridge holding uh, Gwen Stacy looks very, very similar. Uh, so, Bailey gave it an A. Let's go around the horn, and then we'll do pros and cons. So, uh, George, what's your grade? I also gave it an A. Uh, cool. My, uh... Oh, hold on. Let, let me get JR's, and then we'll go around. Okay. Uh, JR, what's your grade? Uh, I gave it a B plus. Okay. I give it an A minus. Uh, that's really high marks. Oh. Uh, pro, pros out of Jr. and George. Let's hear your Jr. first. Oh well, I uh, I, I really did enjoy this issue. Um, I, the things, some some things I really liked. I just love the idea of this the the goblin arm. You know, I just as you know that just kicks all kinds of ass. And uh, then when uh, Spider Man. You know, is uh, sees the uh, Brooklyn Bridge, which I'm assuming is the Brooklyn Bridge with the uh, Green Goblin tattoo logo painted on it, and he, he, I just love the way he just said, understates Osborne. You know, I mean, it's not a, a tirade. It's not Osborne. It's just this this almost quiet, you know, acceptance. Yeah. I mean, who else could it be? You know, and uh, you know, it, it couldn't be anybody else. It's it's Osborne. Give me a little history of the Osborne. Ock relationship over the years, Jared. Yeah, there is none. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, do they hate each other? They, they don't, don't rarely work with they each other. Don't, they don't. The, the only time we know that they have crossed paths was at the very, yeah. very end of Marvel Knight Spider Man, which was a big disappointment because Ock was drugged out of his mind with, you know, he was had been brainwashed to kill Osborne and. You know, and so he comes after the Green Goblin, and the Goblin says, "You moron!" You know, and then all of a sudden, a bolt of lightning comes from heaven and <laughs> separates them. So that that is it. Although we're going to get an untold story, I guess, coming up in you know Superior Superior Team Bunk Up or whatever. Um, <laughs> and I, so, in fifty years, they've only crossed paths once, really. That we know of. Yep. Yep. Wow. Um, you know, Norman was dead for twenty-five of it. Uh, yeah, well, that's you know, that's and uh, and I also like this E. coli guy's art. I really do kind of like the the way he draws the, <laughs> oh, uh, the the goblin. So he, I've never heard him called that, but I agree, his art is awesome. Uh, George, what's your pros? Uh, like Bailey, the first pro I had listed here with is uh, Anna Maria being back. Um, yeah. Again, Anna Maria is easily the best supporting character introduced since uh, since the creation of uh, the brand new verse. Um, at first I thought I'd found the flaw when you had uh, Otto's hologram break the table. Well, you think it's Spider-Man, or you think it's Otto, pardon me. And then later on it's, oh, no, I'm a hologram. But then I remembered back, um, I was like, didn't, you know, didn't we see something similar? And sure enough, back when Stunner was in it, remember he, um, or she was using a hologram. And uh, and she was able to, you know, kinetically touch things and, and affect the environment with the hologram. So I was like, okay, well, that's nice. You know, they've brought that back. So at first I was like, wait a minute, what's that? But then I was like, okay, good. No, that that's established. Okay. Um, the art by Giuseppe Camoncoli, uh is uh, really good. And uh, I love the visuals uh, on the Spider Island assault at the end. Uh, only cons I really had was that I wish it had been an actual Otto Norman discussion instead of an Otto whoever the hell it is discussion. Yeah, and uh, and Carly is still alive. <laughs> um, a A minus out of me. Also, I, I thought the artwork was amazing. I I, uh, I I like his art better than Mr. Ramos. Um, and I like that Norman has the upper hand on Ock. I because Norman, I guess, is my favorite Spider-Man villain due to all the conversations over the years with Jr. <laughs> He's re- Venom used to be tops, and then Jr. talked me out of it. <laughs> 
And then right. he insulted me all last hour. So <laughs> Venom may be coming back <laughs> up. No, uh, the really strong issue. A- any cons that you can think of? I mean, we rated it pretty high. Any cons, gang? No, it was a really good story. It really was. Yeah. I'm, I'm just a little worried, again, that this 31 memories thing, because they're so specific yeah. about it. Uh, like I well, like I said last year, you know, back you know, backdoor reboot or something. I mean, it'll be. It just seems like. But, oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm no, sorry I was about to say it just seems know. like. The, I mean, the fact <clears throat> that they say 31 memories, you know, like 31 flavors of Baskin Robbins ice cream, that it's going to mean something, and we're probably not going to like what it eventually means. But uh, maybe that's just me being cynical. It, it he'll not he'll not remember something that we loved or something like something that. Like I mean, the, it, yeah. The marriage ticked us off, him forgetting that. But, I mean, but, but, what else could they do? But here's the thing. At least with this, there is an organic reason it's happening. It's not that he made a deal with Mephisto and the marriage is over. It's not, you know, 20 years of this Spider-Man, he's been the clone the entire time. This is something very specific. Peter died. And when he yeah. came back, he's missing things. And what that allows, actually, is instead of saying none of that happened, it's I don't remember it happening, so we don't have to talk about it. And, yeah, and, and Brand New Day was four issues. They've had 30 to uh, add some characterization and explanation of why we're missing 31 memories or whatever it is. You know, I agree. I agree. Yeah, so in other words, so you may have memories of team but he doesn't have the the memory of a deep relationship, so his relationship with Carly will be just as deep and fresh in his mind as his. See, that's that's the kind of bullshit, you know. I mean, artificially yeah. creating this a situation you want. And oh, by the way, the reason Peter didn't come to bed uh, with Anna Maria is because he was afraid he'd roll over on her and kill her. But uh, anyway. oh, <laughs> you're a cold man, Jr. Jr., you're ice cold. Uh, baby. Wait, uh, it is after midnight. It is the after minute. If I had a con, it's that Anna Maria yeah. does kind of look like a little kid. Uh, not so much as a little person, but she actually looks like an eight-year-old, which is a little creepy when you're it, out of context. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But that's the closest I can really come to a con you, on this. Do you think, here? here's a hypothetical, do you think Anna Maria's going to die? Is she going to be Ox equivalent of Gwen Stacy? I do because, and I think it's yeah. foreshadowed on the cover of 28. Yeah, she's exactly. She's the pawn is down, and that is a I mm-hmm. that will that will really displease me. Well, I mean, she ever in the Crawleys, the awards. She was one of the top. Didn't she win the category of the best new character? I, don't, I mean, I don't she's remember. been well liked. Even Uh-oh. the dog likes her. So. <laughs> the dogs are back. <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on to issue number 28, and Jr. you've got this one. Yeah, well, this one starts out with uh, the cast of the Big Bang Theory watching the garbage, watching the, <laughs> and it really is them uh, watching the altered just enough so that they don't get they don't get sued for using the actors' likenesses. But uh, the cast of the Big Bang Theory is watching the garble, goblets goblins carpet bomb the hell out of Spider Island and kill off all the spider underlings. Uh, and so Peter Puss slash Spock beats a hasty retreat, while the real Peter Parker, who of course we know has not been completely wiped out like we thought he was, is uh, as uh, as Mr. Bailey was uh, discussing, he's finding himself struggling to retain the integrity of his own personality and memories. 
and because he's been hiding in Doc Ox, and they're starting to over and the, the intensity of those emotions and Doctor Octopus's miserable childhood uh, is starting to get you know starting to overwhelm him, and then he has to say to himself, "I have to remember, I am not Otto Octavius, I am Peter Parker." I have a rebooted title with a brand new number one issue that I have to star in in a month or two. So, you know, I have to come out of this, you know, without me, there's no reboot. Anyway, so the Green Goblin, whoever the hell he is, whether he's Stanley slash Normie slash Gabriel slash Norman slash Harry, <laughs> presides over the ruins of the Goblin Nation. You know, I mean, presides over the Goblin Nation amidst the ruins of Spider Island. But where is Spider-Man? No matter... I know his every weakness, all the ways to draw him out. Go, my Goblin Nation, you have your targets. Let the spider know until I see his little webbed head again. No one is safe. Meanwhile, in his latest stupid move that you know is going to backfire on him, Air J. Jonah Jameson reveals to the world, alongside the out team of Liz Allen, Tiberius Stone, Miguel O'Hara, and the ever-present Mr. Banks, who wouldn't yep. be so conspicuously present if he wasn't really somebody significant in disguise, introduces to the world a whole <laughs> army of robotic goblin slayers. Yeah, those aren't going to get out of hand anytime soon, are they? <laughs> anyway, Mary Jane, who is wasting no time working up ahead of the team, or maybe some other kind of head with her new boyfriend, the firefighter. Oh, wow. Uh, JR. Comes under, well, it, it is after midnight. Uh, you know, don't feed me after midnight. Uh, anyway, they come under attack have, by a bunch. We have Stripe on the line, evidently, from Gremlins here. <laughs> they come under attack by a bunch of little goblins. Well, this is about the third time Mary's, Mary Jane has come under attack by these little goons. So she's over this damsel in distress bullshit and whips out a pair of web shooters and webs them to the wall saying, you just got spanked, Mary Jane I, Watson style. I love that scene. Yeah, I thought was that good. was awesome. Anyway, yeah. before the firefighter boyfriend is able to ask her if he can be spanked Mary Jane Watson style, uh, Mary Jane knows that, you know, obviously an attack by the goblins means that, uh, you know, the goblin knows something or thinks he knows something and that everybody who knows Peter is is at risk. So she goes around, you know, try, and she uh, is able to rescue Aunt May and JJJ Sr. before they can be snatched up by goblin ninjas. And while this is going on, oh, so much going on, Peter is attacked by the, the wraith and then by the goblin bitch, who we also know is uh, Carly Cooper. Uh, and Monster. What's that? Monster is her name, yeah. No, I like the goblin bitch better. Uh, All right, then. Anyway, <laughs> her, uh, her earpiece is destroyed. So now that means that the goblin can't listen in, and she, you know, struggling against the, the goblin formula, tells... You know, she tells Peter that, one, she knows who he is, really is, and that she needs his help to recover uh, recover because he has absolutely no idea what the goblins got in store for him. So, but also what's going on now, though, is Peter may be losing his battle with Otto's memories uh, because they, when, we, when we leave off, he says, I am not Otto Octavius, I am Dr. Octopus. And in the last page, Anna Maria Marconi is being flagged by the driver of a car who says, Hey, little girl, you need a ride? And it's yeah. Lily Hollister. 
who we know as Menace, which apparently she, this this Menace we've been seeing apparently really is her. I had I'd, I'd always wondered because I never know when Slot is you know being fair with his mysteries. So anyway, she's she, it is Lily, Hall, Lily Hollister saying Mary Jane Watson has sent her to corral everyone close to Peter Parker's the gob get them, but we know better. To be continued. <laughs> uh, what's your grade on it, Jr.? Uh, you know, I didn't like it as much as I liked the other one. I gave this one a Same B. Here. I gave this one a B minus. It kind of faltered a little bit. I need. I need to see things pick up a little bit. I I hundred percent agree with you. I give it a B also. Uh, George, I also gave it grade. I gave it a B. And Michael, uh, I'll give it a B too. Okay. Uh, pros. What do we? What do we really love about the issue? I like the Mary Jane scene. I yeah, Mary that. Jane acting like Mary Jane again. Yep. It seems just odd with her with another guy. I mean, after <clears throat> all these years, it just is awkward. Yeah, I'm hoping he gets killed. At least he's not a doper like that other guy. I mean, he's a firefighter, so he's a good guy. But yeah, at, le- at least he's a normal guy. Yeah, not some uh, some not you know, some actor. Yeah, not like some that. doper yeah. celebrity. <sighs> that is odd. Um. Any other pros? I really liked the Mindscape stuff uh, with yep. Peter. And uh, we get a very Jam DeMatteis backstory with, uh, you know, an abusive parent and all that. But, you know, it was actually really cool to see Peter struggling through his memories. And Both of those issues with the double-page mm-hmm. spread are really well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I it's really... just exciting. Yeah. I like that. I mean, you know, we've got all these new spider slayers, or oh, I'm sorry, not spider slayers, um, which I guess uh, Spidey 2099 is going to help uh, fight next issue. Um, but again, I'm I'm scared of what the cover means for uh, for Anna. I mean, can you see the goblin throwing her off the bridge? I can. Um, I don't know. I yeah. I, I can see her getting killed collaterally, maybe even by something Motto does. It would take her twice as long to fall, though. That's the depressing mm. part. Oh, God Almighty! <laughs> you guys, man! People are <laughs> monsters. Oh, I want to hear from you, George. <laughs> they're goblin. They're goblin bitches, not monsters. <laughs> yeah. uh, you, you know the thing. I I, I would argue. I, I was going to say I would argue against Anna Maria getting killed because I would think that there would be more drama and more, you know, kind of tragedy. Survives, but Otto is purged from Peter Parker's mind. And Peter, I don't know you. I'm sorry, but I, you know, but I don't know you, you know, and just absolutely break her heart. But you know, Marvel never does go for the most dramatic. They go for the the cheapest, the the cheapest way out. So they just may kill her and create false drama that way. Right. Uh, any any cons? We did kind of the pros. Any cons? Yeah, Mary Jane acting like Mary Jane again reminds us how poorly now a character has been portrayed this whole time. <laughs> yeah, that's right. This is uh, it was good to see Mary Jane spring into action because it reminded me of the of the same Mary Jane who you know who kicked the crap out of the chameleon. Yeah, you know, and uh, who um, you know went after that. Uh, oh God, Jonathan Caesar. Yeah, yeah. Um. Any any thoughts on are we any closer to finding out who is behind the Goblin King? Uh, yeah, I'd say that's going to happen within the next. I mean, couple is it, of issues. Any, <laughs> any anything in these two issues that have said you know it's definitely not Norman? Any any signs that you guys have noticed? The dialogue uh, early on, and 
this this issue or or twenty seven with the scene between Otto and not Norman. Um, the dialogue was a lot better, but before then, it's just been generic, over-the-top villain dialogue. And and Norman really is – Norman's dialogue is usually a little more acute and more thought out. Unless I'm – JR, am I off base? Uh, depends on who's writing him, to be honest. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I've, I've seen some really dreadful uh, – you know, renderings of Norman where he's just nothing more than, a, you know, your typical ranting Saturday morning cartoon villain. Um, but uh, it, it's I, – I I don't know. The only the only clue they, they gave us that he, you know, that to his identity would be that he, you know, was the Spider Island carnage reminding him of having an empire in ruins and he was never going to let that happen to him again. But, you know, it could apply to Norman or, or who knows who it could apply to. So... I don't know. The uh the Wraith, I, I really don't care about the Wraith at all. I like the Wraith the book. I mean I, I don't really think she adds anything to the book. Well, I mean uh, she's just in there. I, I I like the fact that it's like a hot Asian chick. I always support that. <laughs> um what else was I gonna say? There was one more thing. Um Bailey, you like the Wraith? I'm indifferent. I mean I yeah. I don't dislike her, I don't like her. I think it's kind of an unnecessary complication. In this whole thing, it's like the whole thing, Carly Cooper becoming, you know, monster. It really doesn't do anything for me. It's not like it's not so bad that it brings down the story because it's kind of integral to the story. I mean, what what happens to Carly? And as we kind of talked about last month, you know, Carly is no longer the hey, look, this girl's perfect for you. She's actually kind of a real flesh and blood character that's now going through something traumatic yeah. so that's kind of interesting uh but as far as the wraith it's just like eh, okay you know she's there fine she's not there i'd be okay with that too my only con for this issue really is again on the artistic front that anna maria looks like a small child and i yeah. think and i think that's just you know for an artist that one draws a hell of a great spider-man i mean i yeah. really am getting to like this costume uh, you know, I know, yeah. I know people have been, you know, with it for over two years now. I'm just now coming into it, but I really like it. I think it has a really great blending of several variations that I've seen over the year. It's kind of like, you know, the best blending of the black costume and the classic costume that I've really ever seen. And it makes perfect sense that you would have this new costume. And with the artwork being so strong in the flashbacks, I mean, it's not just taking old pages and redoing them. It's the artist doing his interpretation of those, which is a breath of fresh air right now when you really think about it. Because Marvel loves to scan in the old the old panels and all that. Right. But um but but all that it, it, again it's not ruined, but it's just like whenever we see Anna Maria, I don't think grown woman who just happens to be short, I think, God, she looks like she's eight. Mm. Especially when she's standing in front of the car, it's 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 really off-putting. Yeah, well, it's it's easy, you know it may be that may artistically that may be hard. I mean, I think I mean, that's different from mm-hmm. Puck and Alpha Flight because Puck is a as a dude, he's got hair everywhere. And he's, got a, yeah. he's hairy and he's got a beard. You know, I mean, so it, yeah. it, that may be that may be a little difficult. To pull Wait, off. It, it, it's a matter of be, being attractive. All the women in the book are generally attractive, but uh, do you give her wrinkles? I mean, how do you how do you artistically show old, old Older age, small people. I don't know. I, I I think there's differences in you know how 
dwarfism is present, you know, is it actually is yeah. in real life, and it's there's a lot of the characteristics that aren't on Anna Maria. Yeah, how's that? Yeah. That, that, that's, a, that's probably it. It'd be a tough one for an artist, and I think the Cyrus is generally knocking out of the park. I think that would be his one con. And technically, before somebody nails me on it, yes, I know Puck's technically not actually a midget. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay, can we never talk about that again, please? Because that was some bullshit. <laughs> Puck? About the Puck. revelation about what Puck, what happened to Puck, it, it oh, yeah. ruined the character. I don't even know what happened to Puck. So. He wasn't a dwarf. He was a man that was in, put in that body by a demon. When did this happen? This was back uh, in Alpha Flight. Yeah, during like the midpoint of Alpha Flight when it was a oh terrible, terrible title. Oh, see, I, I bought like a, almost a whole run of Alpha Flight, and I'm 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 almost through the burn stuff because I've slowly Stop. been reading it. Stop after the burn stuff. Stop after the burn stuff. <laughs> Oh, that's too bad. That's too bad. All right. Generally a good month for the two spider books, I think. Yeah. Yang? Yeah. I mean, the, we, we were bitching about the uh, the goblins in the background for, what, most of last year, but uh, the payoff's not bad. What? Not bad. Goblin, Goblin Nation is getting high grades out of all of us. Last two months have been really solid. I agree. Okay, time for spider history. JR, we're going back to the early 70s, March of 1973, this one. Yes, indeed. I think this is the furthest we've gone back in time for spider history. The I know. previous one was Amazing 133, I think, in 1974. But now we're, you know, now we've gone back even further than that. And uh, we're, we're almost at the, uh, uh, pretty well at the uh, end of the Stan Lee era. And uh, right. so it's, it's how, how ancient old were you history. in 73? I wasn't even born yet. I was 10 years old. <laughs> wow. 10 years uh, old in the fifth grade. Amazing Spider-Man number 118 came out. This one's written by Stanley and Jerry Conway, art by John Romita. It's called Countdown to Chaos. And uh, some characters on the cover, I don't know who they are. Uh, uh, yes, and uh, there's probably a fairly good reason for them. For that okay. is because they were... <laughs> Little known spider. Oh, guns. my heavens. Uh, this is, I tell you, this is not staying at his finest. Um, and in fact, actually, this is, um, th- there's a little bit, there's some history with this, this story, actually. Um, I think, as all good Spider Man fans will recall, in the late 1960s, Marvel, having had success with its comic book line, decided that it was going to try to uh, package its stories in a different format, in a magazine-type format. And so the first one out of the gate was Spectacular Spider-Man number one. Yes, indeed, there was a Spectacular Spider-Man even back in the 1960s. Uh, And the Spectacular Spider-Man featured uh, a story of a, a politician running for mayor who had some secrets. Well... They did that one, and then they did a color Spectacular Spider-Man number two, which was a classic Spider-Man Green Goblin story. It's one of the best. One of the best. However, uh, the Spectacular Spider-Man magazine uh, folded after that. Uh, The market wasn't really ready for it and didn't know where to place it. Did it place it with the comic books? Did it place it with the magazines? What did it do with it? Uh, and so, therefore, it, uh, it, Spectacular Spider-Man lasts only two issues. However, Marvel never won to waste anything. And, uh, <laughs> you know, Marvel was into recycling, sto- recycling before recycling was cool. Um, decided to, oh, excuse me a minute. <coughs> 
Oh, I got to quit smoking after midnight. <laughs> anyway, so what Marvel did was, because the original spe- the original version of this was in black and white, basically what Marvel did was they slapped a coat of paint on it, painted, you know, put it in color, uh, stretched out the three issues, uh, changed a few things, and voila, you have issues number 116 through 118 of Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, so really, I did not know that after all this time. That's funny. Well, well, boy, you've learned something today. Now, (laughs) that's funny. They split the damn thing up three ways and they had three months worth of content, which allowed them, which, you know, I, uh, you know, I, it probably served, you know, more than one purpose. One, probably a lot of people did not see that original spectacular Spider-Man story. Probably because it wasn't in the comic book section for so for people looking for a Spider-Man comic they didn't see it, uh, and so it was a good way to you know reintroduce people to that story. Also, it probably my guess is it probably gave Conway a breather, uh, you know, because I think he didn't get started in about one ten one eleven. Probably allowed him to kind of gain gain a little steam, uh, and. Um, I don't know. I let him. T- let him say, "Oh, another Stan Lee Spider-Man story." But uh, maybe he was winding up to do the Gwen story. Well, that's you know? kind of what I wondered as well. He was getting ready yeah. to lay some, you know, you know, uh, re- drop some pretty big bombs in the Spider-Man universe, and this was kind of a way. Uh, who knows? I mean, who really knows? Right. Probably because it was like, "Oh crap, we got a deadline." Hey, we got this story we ain't used in yet. Nobody ever read. Let's just color by numbers and uh, print it. Hey, what a great idea! Uh, right. So what happened was, you know, like I said, it became issue 116 to 118. Uh, and, of course, the setup was pretty much the same uh, with some changes. Issue 116 introduced us to charismatic political candidate Richard Riley, who's a law and order guy, and he's going to take on the mobs, and he's going to bring us to the streets of New York. And, uh, and, uh, and of course, J. Jonah Jameson is, just thinks he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. And, of course, we know that J. Jonah Jameson uh, knows his um, – he's got an instinctive feel for his politicians. After all, he uh, supported Sam Bullitt uh, in Amazing Spider-Man 0991-92 after Captain Stacy died, who uh, turned out to be uh, a racist mobster. Uh, so, you know, when, when, when Jonah puts his, uh, head, puts his uh, horse on a – bets on a political horse, you know, he's usually <laughs> – <laughs> it's usually the wrong guy, yeah. Thing, but there's this, yeah, there's this evil guy in a stupid helmet called the Disruptor, you yeah. know, and he hates Riley, and he's going to bring Riley down. And the Disruptor has this crooked scientist working for him who has genetically altered this common thug and turned him into a six foot brawny monster. Okay, and so this, or no, it's 10 feet, 10 foot tall monster uh, who spends a couple of issues fighting Spider-Man and uh, and then the, the, the disruptor going around saying uh, cliched supervillain things like kill, kill, kill. So 118, you know, Robbie, Robbie was, is, is going to try to find the truth out about Richard Riley. Then the 10-foot monster attacks him. Spider-Man fights with the monster. Spider-Man follows the monster back to his lair. The lair leads him back to the disruptor. Uh, the, the disruptor has been controlling the monster with this uh, head braid. 
head, which sends electrical shocks to his brain. Well, he turns on the juice too high. The monster falls over and dies. But the disruptor happens to be right behind the monster when he falls over. And so the, when the monster dies, falls over, he kills the disruptor. And Spider-Man takes off the disruptor's mask. And, oh, guess what? The denouement you didn't see coming a mile away. It's Richard Riley. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. You know, and, and, Sp- and then Spider-Man says, because he was such an inspirational figure and we need we you know we need symbols i'm going to burn his costume and destroy all evidence that he was ever a bad guy the end oh my god what what a bad way to start a new magazine with this story what do you think well it was the thing was the new magazine was a little bit better than the comic book i i told you what the comic book story was okay right the original story in the magazine there was no disruptor character it was always riley from the beginning so you knew that okay. Riley was orchestrating it. Of course, he said the same stupid things, and you know, uh, but it, it wasn't as wasn't quite as corny. Where you know, you, you had this masked guy running around, and you knew who it was the whole time. I mean, I was, I forget, I, I didn't read this until it was reprinted in Marvel Tales, but you know, even then, it was pretty obvious who the disruptor was. Uh, mm-hmm. Just uh, you know, the reason you don't remember these characters is that they were forgettable and never used again. Uh, yeah. Some other differences, other significant differences, though, between the black and white edition and the color edition was that in the black and white edition, Captain Stacy was a, a key figure uh, because he was the one who was going to uh, investigate Riley, and he was the one that the disrupt the uh, man monster came after to try to kill. But when this story was reprinted, of course, Captain Stacy was dead, so Captain Stacy was replaced by Robbie. So hmm. you know there were a few differences, but oh. Jay, are you there? Story. Just, just so generic are. and so... <clears throat> yeah, I am. Yeah, just very okay. generic story beneath Stan. It was obvious that Stan, had, he had run out of gas by this time. Hmm. That's interesting. I had no clue that they split that up three ways. All right. Um, Marvel Team-Up number seven came out. This one's written by uh, Jerry Conway also. Ross Andrew uh, has Spider-Man teaming up with Thor, and it's called, uh, well, Marvel Team-Up number seven, A Hitch in Time. Uh, Well, you know, it was uh, (laughs) pretty much what you can expect from an early Marvel Marvel team-up story. It it opens with uh, Peter Parker uh, just walking the street, minding his own business, uh, and all of a sudden he sees a a woman being attacked by thugs. He doesn't have a chance to change into Spider-Man, and but so as Peter Parker, he beats them all up, and he tries to ask the woman if she's okay, and she goes, "Oh, I don't want to get involved," and you know, of course, that thoroughly pisses Peter off, uh, and it turns out that Thor has been sitting on a balcony watching the whole thing. And, uh, <laughs> right, okay, so here's an Asgardian god who has nothing better to do than just kind of sit on a balcony and, and, and you know, watch a crime scene unfold. You know, oh, I mean, so here's like this attempted uh, physical assault and robbery, and uh, he's just sitting there watching it. And uh, then the guy who actually breaks it up, he starts to make fun of. Uh, you know, and, uh, of course... You know, Peter Parker, also being Spider-Man, doesn't take too kindly to this, and he starts insulting, insulting, insulting Thor. You know, now <laughs> <laughs> suffering succotash. Yeah, now, now, now I feel now I feel like Kripke on the Big Bang Theory or whatever. It's time you know, to nerd uh, up, man. 
Yeah. So anyway, so so Thor's thing. And wait a minute, you're you know you're talking to me. You know you got you're just a punk kid. You got no reason to talk to me that way. Of course, you know Thor says a lot of these and vows, and you know since he sounds like he's talking out of the Bible, it gives it all kinds of authority that it otherwise wouldn't have. But anyway, uh, then all of a sudden the universe goes dark or whatever, and everything stops. You know, like time, everything stops, and it's just Thor and Peter Parker. It's like, oh my God, what's going on? What's going on? Uh, and then all of a sudden these mad, these, these evil trolls come out of the woodwork and uh, and uh, Thor finds out why this why this uh, uh, young man has been uh, smart mouthing him the whole time is because the young man happens to be Spider-Man well uh, well yeah I just thought you were an obnoxious punk now I know that you're an obnoxious superhero that I knew um, so anyway you know they fight this troll in his army and he's uh, he's called Krillick the Cruel Krillick <laughs> the Cruel. Uh, Does he have a motive? Uh, well, he has. He actually uh, he wants to take over Asgard. You know. Okay. Uh, he's on. It is not yet. Let's see here. Thor says, uh, "Though I know not the mechanism, I sense this deed be Krillick's doing. This whole stop in time thing." And Krillick says, "Your senses speak true, Asgardian. Yet tis not Earth which is the goal of my ambition, but." Asgard, noble Asgard. Okay. Mm. Anyway, and so now I'm I'm gonna and he reveals the power behind his his plot, which is a mediocre Jim Henson movie. Uh, <laughs> because he says, as Earth is but a cosmic pawn, a stepping stone to the ultimate conquest. As for the now of this miracle, behold the dark. Crystal, you know, do, do, and it's do. like, you know, of course, Thor and Spider-Man are, oh, we saw this. This isn't anything to be afraid of. Well, uh, all kinds of, you know, apparently Krillick is actually not really there. It's a hologram or something or other. And Spider-Man and Thor realize they have to kind of split up. Thor can't go to Asgard because his old man kicks him out. You know, it's not called Marvel split up. It's called team up. What but, the hell? No, but see, they, you know, they, they <laughs> see Thor can't go to Asgard. His old did, it, did Odin man kick him out again? Out and getting the job. Oh yeah, there you well, go. Well, yeah, it says, "I dare not touch that land, my friend, for Odin hath exiled his only son. Perhaps thou." And then, so uh, you know, <laughs> then Thor spins his hammer, and it creates a cyclone. That Spider-Man jumps through and goes goes to Asgard. So, but uh, I, I just assumed that you know, like I said, Thor got his degree, got it, you know, graduated from school or whatever, let his hair grow long, and was watching TV, and Odin got tired of it and kicked him out. So anyway, so Spider-Man goes to Asgard. And Thor fights on the Earth, and they're all fighting these evil trolls. And when it looks like the evil trolls are going to have the upper hand, all of a sudden, uh, Krillick is attacked. Arg! My chest! My chest! And Thor goes by Hela's black blade. What new trickery is this? Uh, and Krillick disappears. And then the Watcher shows up. And oh, oh hell! It got real with the watcher showing up, <laughs> and the watcher says, "Oh boy, I tell you, you know what? Krylik stole my dark crystal. I, you know what? I should not. I, you know, I, I, I shouldn't have. When, when, when that, when I saw this little troll and he said, "Hey, look over there," I shouldn't have looked because then he stole the dark crystal, uh, and he created all this." <laughs> And he created all this havoc. Now I've got it back, guys. Uh, everything's okay. Um, let's see here. The Asgard, what's it? Okay, yeah. Uh, 
Apparently, Krillic intended to destroy Asgard while its gods stood outside the flow of time, and to this end, he froze Earth as well, fearing that its heroes might somehow protect the threatened Asgardians. Lucky he missed us, right, Goldilocks? says Spider-Man. Ah, but was it only luck, my friend? And then the, the Watcher says, A question to ponder, Thunder God, on your journey home. Farewell. Uh, wow. And then when the, all trace of the trolls has been removed, the Watcher pauses and yet ponders. Was it luck which involved Spider-Man and Thor? Or was it, as it must always be, something more? Perhaps, perhaps the end. So, you know, evil troll, you know, uh, watcher. the watcher comes in with like a Duzex Makina or whatever, you know, and, you know, uh, yeah, he stole the dark, you know, he stole my bad Jim Henson movie and I've come to take it back and, and, uh, you know, the universe is saved the end Marvel team up number seven. Uh, definitely don't pay a lot for it in the back issue, Ben, man. Uh, we had one more that came out. It's a Submariner guest star, and I've never read this one. This is the Savage Submariner number 69 written by Steve Gerber and uh, Mr. Howard the Duck's daddy. And George Tuska, who I think was uh, an artist on Iron Man in the 60s, I think. I could be wrong. Mm. Well, he, I, he also wrote uh, the first uh, Luke Cage story, or uh, drew it. Oh, he did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Two Worlds and a Dark Destiny is the name of this one, George. I, I mean, JR. <laughs> well, sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, there's probably a good reason you never you, you hadn't read it before. One, because it was in the Submariner's uh, magazine, and and yeah. the Submariner has always been uh, the most the most annoying prick in the entire Marvel universe. You know. Yeah, but I like that about him. And, <laughs> And basically, the the previous issue had the Submariner fighting some evil force, and I think that's what it was called, the Force, on ESU campus. And so at the end, you know, at the beginning of issue sixty nine of Submariner, he's trying to get away from the cops. Spider Man comes up behind him, and uh, when the, the after the Submariner, you know, uh, does a wrestling move on him and throws him over his shoulder or whatever, and Spider Man says, "Hey, Subby, I just want to talk to you." It's like, hey, you know, you got this. You know, by the way, you're a dead ringer for Leonard Nimoy. Anybody ever tell you that? Uh, and then Submariner says, "Oh, I didn't." Oh, it's Spider-Man. Hey, how you doing, pal? And Spider-Man says, well, gee, Submariner, I, I saw you uh, beating up all those bad guys at ESU. Well, what the hell are you doing here? So Submariner, so Spider-Man's only purpose in this story is to serve as a pretext for the Submariner to do pull a slot and explain everything that has happened. And... Uh, <laughs> And he's a recap page. Huh? A, yeah, Spider-Man serves the, the purpose of being a recap page, uh, and then says, "Well, Subby, uh, good luck to you." Uh, and Subby flies off, and Spider-Man says, "Well, you know, my life sucks, and you know, Gwen got <laughs> killed. That sucks, but you know, Spider, you know, the, the Submariner, all his people died, and you know, and he, and you know, his pointed ear gimmick was ripped off by Gene." Roddenberry. Yeah. Rodden, he's wearing his really stupid black. Yeah. He's really wearing this stupid black costume right now, you know, because he didn't look stupid enough in his green, you know, bathing suit uh, with his little wings. You know, so Submariner goes off and has an adventure, and with totally without Spider-Man, you didn't miss anything. Wow. And the book was, didn't last much longer than this. This was probably an attempt to boost the uh, sales with the Spider-Man appearance, I imagine. Yeah, it was uh, over in, like, I think, issue 72. And, of course, you yeah. know, they brought him back in volume two. 
And that got canceled. They brought him back for Volume Three. That got canceled. Uh, they brought him, didn't they bring him back as like a famous movie producer? That got canceled. Uh, then, he was a CEO with uh, Burn, yeah, in the nineties. Yeah, yeah, and then they also when they originally had like Spider, uh, they tried to bring Marvel team up back. It was Spider Man for seven issues. Mm. Then the Submariner took it over for the last five, and it got canceled. Uh, you know, and but but you know he just continues to show up, even though he's just a big pompous asshole, and uh, I <laughs> I just do not understand his appeal. I like his I like his cockiness. I honestly do. I mean, what the hell uh, is an Imperius Rex? I mean, it's like a, evil, it's a dinosaur. I mean, when I think of a Rex, I think of it as like a big dinosaur. You know, Imperius Rex, you know, I mean. Rex means you know, he, king, Jr. He might as well be saying Godzilla. You know? Oh, my God. <laughs> Am I the only one that likes Namor? I love like Namor? Namor. No, Me too. I, I, I really like Namor. And I like the fact that Namor's a prick. Yeah, I do, too. I've always liked that. Uh, and and I, I, Namor and Doctor Strange, in my opinion, are two characters that uh, are so good, but by God, they can't keep a series going. You know, and I, I'll read every single one that comes out of those two. Well, there's a lot of uh, re- trying to reinvent the wheel every time somebody tries to take over. Uh, you have the same thing with the Fantastic Four, except you can't not have a Fantastic Four book. Right. You know, I mean, they were the first big Marvel team. So, but yeah, it's, a lot of times people will will take it over and decide. Well, I'm just going to do whatever the hell I want to do, even if it's you know completely. Burn did that. Burn when he did Namor, it was like a completely. He took Namor out of Atlantis and put him into the you know effing boardroom. Yeah. Uh, Jr. This sounds like a horrible month it was, for Spider history. It was not a good one. That was not oh. a good one. And uh, you know. Uh, you know, and, and the thing was, though, this, this story was d- done back when my mother was still alive, and I still criticized it. You know, I mean, really? I thought that old people like me only criticized the current stories, you know, because they weren't the same ones that were being told when our mother was. Well, my mother still is alive, though. Um, Ten-year-old you know, wow. Jr. was ticked that he spent 20 cents. Yeah, yeah. For, for, under a buck you spent on these two books. Well, yeah, I know. <laughs> 40 cents together. Yeah. I know, and it wasn't worth the 40 cents, you know. <laughs> but we only criticize. We what? Ties the mind. Whoa. All right. We on, we only criticize the new stuff, not the old stuff. Uh, <laughs> we criticize it all. Everything has pros and cons. Uh, before we wrap this uh, show up, let's. Uh, we I think we forgot last month uh, recommendations. So let's go around the horn. Uh, Mr. Bailey, what do you recommend? We haven't heard recommendations out of you in a while. <laughs> well, you know, I've in a long time. <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> in a long time, yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's what she said. Um, <laughs> hey, hey, hey! <laughs> What's Bailey gonna say? <laughs> I got me some diabetes today. Um, <laughs> sorry. Wow. <laughs> okay, oh I am going. God. I'm going to recommend a comic and a podcast. All right. Uh, Forever Evil number six was everything I've wanted out of a Jeff Johns crossover in years. It was, it was actually, it, I'm trying to find reasons to hate this story, and I can't. I mean, I have, I have a couple quibbles here and there, but the revelation at the end of issue six just basically turned the entire story around for me, and I was just like, oh, this is awesome. So, what Forever is Evil. What is that? What, uh, basically, the crime syndicate, which is the evil version of the Justice League from an alternate universe, has come and taken over the Earth. Now, 
I know you guys are going to think that this is the most original storyline ever. <laughs> but after Forever Evil is wrapped up, Lex Luthor is going to be part of the uh, Justice League. Yeah, I read that nope. today. Good grief. So uh, we can make we can make Norman Osborn jokes uh, in a couple of months. Anyways, <laughs> but no. Having said that, I've really enjoyed this series. I am going to recommend a podcast, uh, specifically a more recent episode of the podcast uh, that I was talking with uh, to George and, and Brad before we got on with uh, Jr. Uh, my good friend Andy Leyland and his son Michael uh, do a show called Hey Kids Comics. Uh, Father son team. Different generations, different perspectives. Highly entertaining show. Uh, Andy is a huge Spider-Man fan. Uh, one of his top five See, characters. Is he the dad or the son? He's the dad. Uh, okay. Andy is a huge Spider-Man fan from way back. Uh, one of the few people that has ever really been able to calmly explain to me why he didn't like the marriage. Really? Yeah. In a, in a really, like, like not... Not a, well, it just doesn't fit with the character. No, he, he like it with Andy, everything with Andy. He has some some serious uh, thinking behind it. But in a recent episode, he covered and 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 I'm fat. This is one of the reasons why I like listening to the show. He's from the UK, so he grew up with Spider-Man Weekly, basically. When and it was it was how they reprinted Spider-Man over in England. And at one point during the right around the time of Secret Wars, because of how the the UK reprints went, they didn't want to go into the black costume. So they actually had several issues where it was a completely original Spider-Man story that has, to my knowledge, never been reprinted in the United States. And him and his son cover it on the the most recent episode as of this recording. And it was kind of fascinating because, uh, one, it has some of the first artwork from Barry Kitson, who would years later go on to draw the character again. And it's just this, this it's not, it doesn't sound like a very good story, but man, they have a lot of fun talking about it and kind of picking it apart, but like liking what they like about it. So basically this story is Spider-Man going over to England and getting involved in adventure over there. So, uh, just, just kind of interesting. Plus you get a, a lot of history on, on the UK distribution and the reprints and all that. And, and of the Spider-Man series specifically, uh, so, Hey Kids Comics over at www.twotruefreaks.com. Very cool. Uh, George, what do you like this month? Uh, I finally got into House of Cards Yeah. on Netflix and uh, got through season one, and damn, I, I really enjoy it. I, I stayed away from it a long time because I was like, you know, okay, this is just going to be another, you know, leftist, slanted, Aaron Sorkin. You know, I, I've seen all this crap before. Kind of thing, because any time Hollywood tries to do politics, it's all it's all this Aaron Sorkin crap. Um, I was very wrong. It is extremely not that. Um, it is more like Shakespeare, or like you know, like King Lear, or maybe Count of Monte Cristo, and it's you know, and it's it's very revenge driven. It's very you know, uh, power driven, and it's it, it's very very well written. Um, so I've enjoyed that, and uh, also. Um, Agents of Shield have picked up real big this week. Hmm. I don't know if any if any of you are still watching it or have watched it. Um, it had a real slow start, 
this season. And, you know, a lot of shows have rocky first seasons and then, you know, have really good. But Buffy the Vampire Slayer, first of all, I mean, the first season was okay, but the best seasons were two and three, you know. And so, you know, I, I want people to give it another chance. This week, I mean, we, things really went through the roof. And now, um, I say this week. Did, was uh, this the SIF episode? No, the SIF episode is, is coming Tuesday. Okay. Um, you've got Lorelai coming to Earth from Asgard, and that's, um, I believe the... From the Simonson. Yeah, yeah the, uh, she's like the Enchantress's sister. Um, but, uh, and Sif basically follows her, and I guess Sif's uh, hunting her down. So there's going to be a lot of really cool stuff next week as well. But at the end of, I don't want to, I don't want to ruin it, but yeah, don't spoil it because I'm five episodes. Okay, well, at the end of this week's episode, of the one that just ran in uh, the first week of March, uh, by the end of that, you know, something hits the roof, and you're like, oh, okay, hopefully this is going to, hopefully this is uh, Betty Draper shooting at the birds for this show. (laughs) All right. So those are my recommendations. George and, and Bailey, are you still watching that show, or did you give up on it? Watching what? Or did you even try it? Uh, Shield. No, I'm st- I just recommended it. No, no, I said Bailey and, oh, JR. I, I, oh, my God. <laughs> when it, JR, yeah. When it premiered, I was working nights for an entire month, so I never got to watch it. And I'm really weird if I don't, if I, like, start watching a show and I miss, like, three episodes or if I don't catch, like, the first couple episodes, it's kind of dead to me. Not in a bad way. I just – it's just not on the radar. So I figure at one point I'll just sit down with a box set or if it comes to Netflix and just crack out on the entire thing. Do you have a DVR? That's why I It's watch. broken and I'm lazy wow. about getting it fixed. So, <laughs> JR, do you watch Shield or have you given up on it? I never watched it to begin with. It to me, it looked like uh, it was a, it looked like a, a ABC and Marvel was trying to do a bargain basement superhero story a series without any superheroes in it, so they wouldn't have to spend the money. Well, they're they're that, about to have that's, that's huh? That sums it up, honestly. I think so far, honestly. Well, they've already had Graviton in there. They're about to have um, Graviton. What the hell is a Graviton? The guy, oh, he's a great Avengers villain. Dude, Spidey fought him during Acts of Vengeance, Jr. We just yeah. did that on Fight Club. Yeah, but they <laughs> all change each other's lame, exchange each other's lame villains. I mean, Spidey never fought him again. I mean, what the he hell is him. a gravity? He fought him twice. He uh, fought him in Acts of Vengeance, and then he fought him right after Acts of Vengeance. Okay. <laughs> George, I mean, J.R. needs to listen to podcast two. He's listening to Fight Club. I know, right? We just covered. Still not, Im- still not impressed. Gravitron. Ooh, I'm going to turn in to see Agents of Shield because, oh, by the way, Graviton is on this episode. Graviton was in there. Um, they uh, Deathlock is going to be in there. Yeah, J.R. just doesn't like anything. No, I know, Jared's, I don't. You know, and Jared's, another thing too. You know, like, <laughs> oh no. You know, it's like. You know, I I can't understand Thor. I don't understand Thor at all. I mean, you know, you 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 know, you got Lady Sif who's panting after your ass, but you go after Jane Foster, Natalie Portman. I mean, no, I'm sorry, Sif wins this battle hands down. <laughs> okay, 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 yes, Sif. Overall, in the end, Sif is going to win the battle because she yeah. she's going to live a lot longer than Jane Foster. Uh, that you know. what, what? Probably the actress has signed a contract for more movies. Maybe I don't know. No, Natalie Portman wants to get out of it. Yeah, um, <laughs> so so eventually, I, I'm assuming something bad's going to happen to her by Thor three or you know something. But yeah, I mean they're they're already putting the seeds in there in the Thor movies of Thor and Sif being attracted to one another. So that's cool. Uh, anything else, George? Uh, you've been getting into Mad Men. You want to talk about that? 
That's that's my recommendation for the month. Oh, but, sorry, uh, I didn't mean to blow it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's I had one, and there it goes. Thanks, George. <laughs> my uh, recommendation is Mad Men. I've in the last two months, I've blown through five seasons, and uh, just love it. I, I, I there. Donald Draper and his wife are two of the most horrible people in the world, and I can't look away. What was? Remember, remember, uh, you had somebody, somebody tell you, "Oh, you just got to tough it out until you get to that one." It was you. Yeah. You told me because I, I was like, "Oh my God, the season one is so slow," and then Betty Draper starts shooting at the pigeons, and then, and then it all changed. And, and she just goes crazy, and I'm like, "Oh, this is getting good," and it's real. I can't look away now. Uh, so I highly recommend Mad Men. It's out on uh, Netflix, etc. I'm still enjoying Walking Dead. Had a really strong episode last week with uh, Daryl. Yeah, I like that uh, episode. I've been watching that. Yeah, that was yeah, really good. good. I uh, tonight I read two issues of Wolverine by Cornell and Ryan Stegman. Uh, and issue two has a superior Spider-Man appearance in it, which is really pretty good. Uh, I like the Cornell's been doing a re- really good job with uh, Wolverine. So check that out. Uh, and Jr., what do you recommend? What do you like? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> That's how we're ending. What do you say? Nothing. He's like the anti Mikey from Life Cereal. <laughs> I saw. JR I saw. Unfortunately, I, unfortunately, no, I think, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm stopping you right there. Uh oh. What? I, I I am going to put down the lie that is the Life <laughs> Cereal commercial. Mikey didn't like anything. Which is why they were surprised he liked Life Cereal. Isn't that what I said? I thought you said the opposite of that. I'm sorry. What did I say? Who knows? Oh, I did. I said he was the anti. I'm sorry. That's my bad. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. You're right, and I'm an asshole for saying it, baby. I well, saw. I saw. I saw. I saw two movies since the last time we uh, we talked, and I can't recommend either one of them. I was disappointed <laughs> in both of them. What, what'd you see? The, what'd you see? the Lego Movie and uh, RoboCop. I knew uh, RoboCop. Was awesome. I knew RoboCop was going to be a disappointment, but uh, Lego Movie, I expected more because I've heard all these great reviews, and Spencer, Spencer loved it. I took Spencer to it. He loved it, He and he made his mom go to it. You know, when I when I went on the road for work or whatever, he... You saw it twice? Yeah, he saw it twice, and I, I sat there thinking, okay, I guess this is mildly amusing, and, uh, you know, as in uh, I don't have anything else to do, and it's better than slitting my wrist type thing. And, wow. Uh, wow. <laughs> oh, God. And then RoboCop uh, took everything that was cool and popular about the first RoboCop movie and threw it into the shitter and told some other story. So, um, yeah, bad month for me. Bad. The, uh, I, I'm, fi- I'm glad someone didn't like the Lego movie. I didn't care for it either, and everyone's shocked at that. Bailey, did I hear you say you saw it? No, I, I want to see it because apparently oh, everything is awesome. Yeah, everything everything is awesome. Yeah, apparently I, everything is also cool when you're part of a team. <laughs> I, I just I saw it and I enjoyed it, and you're all just a bunch of haters. All right, I guess so. That's how we're going to end the show. Haters, <laughs> assemble. <laughs> Isn't that the internet? <laughs> yeah, that is true. That's called the internet. 